Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Rico. And I'm Lauren Good, senior tech editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm going to read this line now, Lauren. Are you sure it's okay? <laughs> Trying to take over the show stuff. This is step. a show where you answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. It could be anything at all. Like, what does Kara Swisher watch on YouTube? A does she even things. watch YouTube? Or yes. does she just complain about the amount of data her sons use watching YouTube? They use YouTube a lot. I don't use YouTube a lot. I sometimes, when I look up SNL skits, that's pretty much it. Or when you're watching my series. Y- yes, sure. <laughs> that too. <laughs> so send us your questions. Did you like Find that us. last one about the smart cars? <laughs> yeah, the flying yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I didn't know do one of the flying cars. Find us on Twitter or tweet. I know you're a tricky one like that. Treat them to us at Recode or myself or to Lauren or the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address. It's too embarrassed at recode.net. A friendly reminder. There are two R's and two, two S's, S's in Embarrassed. I would anyway. do an episode on flying cars. That'd be a good yeah. one. Yeah. VTOL. Yeah, why don't you do that, Vertical yeah. takeoff and landing. Yeah. Okay. All right, today on Too Embarrassed to Ask, we are talking about the world of YouTube influencers. Influencers. There are people now, and in some cases, pretty young people. Pretty, comma, young people, or pretty young people? Both pretty, comma, young, and pretty young people who make a living entirely off of their YouTube videos. Yeah, a friend of mine's dating one. They're called creators. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to say. Okay, all right. Well, there are also some people who are making a living off of YouTube who are at the center of a lot of controversy, including Logan Paul, who came under fire after he published a YouTube video of a corpse in a a so-called Japanese suicide forest. Yeah, I don't think it's a so-called forest. I think it is. He did that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a forest, but people have called it a suicide forest because of what has happened there, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty, really appalling in many ways. Um, Anyway, there's a lot of other recent issues in YouTube as well. I just recently interviewed Susan Wojcicki, and we talked a lot about this and some others. It seems like every week something else comes up. Uh, including uh, last year's PewDiePie controversy. All of this has brought to light not only the growing industry of YouTube creators and how the industry works, it also highlights YouTube's need to seriously figure out how to moderate its content and also payments. Just ev- just in every area, YouTube has been uh, has a lot of focus, as well as the Russia issues, mm-hmm. the use of the of the medium by Russian uh, perpetrators to impact the election. So we're excited to bring in Taylor Lawrence. She's a writer for The Daily Beast who has been covering the world of social media influencers, from the stars of the HQ app to the Paul Brothers on YouTube. Welcome, Taylor. It's your first time on Too Embarrassed. We're super excited to have you on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So let's talk about the whole concept of YouTube influencer from the beginning uh, of YouTube, Cheeseburger, I, Justine. Um, I actually went to a party that YouTube threw when uh, Chad Hurley was running it. They threw it in San Francisco at one of the docks. And the YouTube influencer at the time who was starting to get some traction was Katy Perry, uh, which was kind of, and she performed. Like, it was crazy. It was kind of, now that I think about it, uh, I got a whole great Katy Perry concert, like, right from the beginning. Um, But it has been the birthplace of viral videos. So can you talk a little bit about where it's gone and where it's going, what patterns you're seeing? Uh, on the the YouTube, as as the oldsters like to call it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy just the amount of content that is uploaded there daily and also all the different sort of like types of communities that have evolved. Um, I think you mentioned uh, PewDiePie earlier. You know, he's obviously one of YouTube's biggest creators. He's got 60 million subscribers now. But um, there have been YouTube influencers sort of since the birth of YouTube. Um, A lot of first-generation influencers like Tyler Oakley, Grace Helbig. uh, I didn't know Katy Perry was on there 
there, but she was. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, have sort of entered into this sort of mainstream culture. Um, but more recently, we've seen, I guess, uh, the culture around influencers pivot. So I would say YouTube sort of started off with these people who would, um, you know, you didn't have sort of smartphones weren't as prevalent back then. So it was a lot of people that were sort of like in their dorm rooms, vlogging to the camera with their webcam. Um, and then it sort of moved into more viral videos and different types of influencers doing different stunts or different music video things like parodies. Um, and then in the past couple of years, it's been more sort of um, day-to-day vloggers that have taken over, um, which are people who sort of document every part of their life and upload it um, as they go. And what are the three channels that if people aren't familiar with the culture of YouTube influencers, what are like three channels or three people that everyone should go look at right now to get a sense of what the the about. trends are right now in terms of like what's what's big on YouTube? That's a really good question. I actually would recommend PewDiePie just because he is so massive and he's sort of a commentator now and he sort of talks about a lot of things that are happening on YouTube so he can give you kind of a good overview. I'd also, uh, I hate to recommend them, but maybe perhaps one of the Paul brothers, Jake or Logan, just because they are so emblematic of this culture, like their vlogs are sort of like what they sort of pioneered this vlog style that has taken over sort of the influencer world. Uh, And then I feel like I don't, I want to recommend a a girl. um, I'm trying to think who would be the best. Um, Think about that and we'll come back to you on that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. But how, how many people would you guess are legitimately making their careers or li- like a living off of YouTube right now? If you just had to give sort of a rough estimate. Honestly, um, that's a really good question and I, I am not sure. I mean, I think of the top, top, top creators, there are maybe under a thousand. I, I think there are several thousand now. Um, I want to say 6,000, but it's probably even more creators with over a million followers. Um, so huh. that was this one time, this like big milestone. And now a million followers is not such a, I mean, it's still a milestone, but it, there are lots of creators that have scaled um, much further past that. Um, so, you know, it, but there are a lot of other ways that people make money on YouTube um, when they're not living a sort of creator lifestyle. Like there are a lot of gaming channels. Um, there are a lot of people who sort of produce series. Um, you saw a lot of the kids' content recently come under fire. There's this sort of algorithmically generated content on YouTube that people can play for their children um, that's all being monetized. So there are, you know, there are lots of sort of different ways to monetize your content. Some of the people that are making the most amount of money, though, are like the PewDiePies of the world who do the daily vlogging. About how many that are doing really well? About a thousand, right? Like it's something. There, yeah, I mean, there's maybe a thousand like top top influencers. Honestly, to be to be truly honest, there's probably five hundred like big names that are people that are like hot and growing right now. There's not tons. Um, yeah, but there and are they, different. And they tend to wa- wax and wane. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and they sometimes go on to into real Hollywood and usually not well. Yeah. Um, they they shift. They try to jump to the next medium. Um, they all try and pivot out of YouTube because YouTube is not in the end sustainable. And like you said, you know, they all have a shelf life. Um, so a lot of them either, if they can't successfully go into like becoming an actor or, you know, starring in a TV show, which most of them can't cause they're not good actors. Uh, they'll like try to produce their own stuff or start their own talent agency or things like that. In terms of the style of content that you see really jumping out right now on YouTube, um, like, obviously, there are different buckets or categories, right? There are antics and pranks. There's the daily yeah. vlog, like, glimpse inside my life. There's, like, the daredevil-type stuff. Um, but, like, is there something that stands out to you as, like, a thing that people should consider when they're looking at these influencers, looking at this, or even if they want to try to 
be one? Like, are you trying to do it as raw as possible? Should it be highly produced? Is there, like, you know what I mean? Is there a style that you can sort of attach this current moment in YouTube to? I would say, yeah. I mean, the 10 minute sort of daily vlog that's that's definitely produced. Um, it's usually like, you know, you'll take footage from the whole day, cut it down, or take footage from the whole week and cut it down, usually highlighting like one big main moment, whether that's a prank, whether it's like a beauty reveal or, um, you know, something else. Um, the 10-minute mark is significant because that's when you can sort of um, like double monetize it well. So you get a little bit more ad money if you reach the 10 minute mark. So a lot of vlogs now um, sort of follow that format. Um, I would say the one sort of broader trend that's taken over, at least in the influencer community on YouTube over the past year is drama. Like a lot of the top influencers have started staging drama between each other, um, you know, engaging in real drama. Like it's become this sort of Re- thing. Reality where show. It's like a reality show. Yeah. And that, that they all live in the show. same place in Hollywood, right? There's that one. Yeah. A lot of them live place. at 1600 Vine. Um, and then each sort of squad will have their own house. So like Jake Paul has his team 10 house. Um, there is another sort of ex-Viner house that a lot of them live at. And it's like a frat house or like watching Big Brother or something where you're, or real world, I guess, where you're kind of um, watching this reality show play out. And they have big fans. I mean, that's the thing they have. I, yeah. I said something negative either about one of them. One of them. I can't remember which one I said something negative on Twitter. It was literally like being... It was like a pack of 12-year-old girls who went crazy on me. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> crazy. You I cannot not. believe you don't understand his soul. I was like, I, well, I understand it, sweetheart. I got, I got it down pretty pat. Like, I don't think you do. And good luck with that in the coming years. But it was really, it was fascinating to watch the fan base that really quite, in, like, they love their YouTube influencers, let's just well, say. I think, yeah. yeah, it's funny because people compare it a lot to, like, Backstreet Boys or NSYNC and stuff, which I guess is, like, a little bit older or, you know, any sort of like cult around certain entertainers. I'd say the difference though between um, like a YouTuber is they have a a much deeper relationship with their audience. Like their audience really feels more of a friendship with them and um, relates to them, I think on a more personal level because they're usually like experiencing all their personal stuff with their life. And then also they follow them on every platform. Like they're watching every Instagram story that they put out. So they're just consuming a higher rate of content than like, you know, they might love One Direction too, but One Direction only puts out like an album a year yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's a really good point. I'm going to age myself, but it sounds to me like like the real world, but, you know. Yeah. Did I you know? Like, puck, like, like uh, some of the drama was real, some of it was manufactured, Maybe a lot of it was Kardashian. heightened just because they would shove all these people in a house together in LA or somewhere yeah. else and be like, go live life together. And inevitably, there would be all this I drama. Guess. It was always on camera. And then there was like the confessional room, which is kind of like the, the point the camera in the face now mm. with your phone and be like, oh. I mean, yeah. let me tell you what Puck said today that Gosh. really pissed me off, you know. The minutes of my life I did not waste not watching that. <laughs> in any case, in any case, but they, you know, there's a, they veer into idiocy and, and real problematic, appalling content, too, which um, YouTube is, has, they've had a lot of problems of late, but they've always had problems with content moderation. I can't, like, that story seems to go on and on. So what do you think YouTube needs to do to fix this? Because I was talking, I was at YouTube recently talking in front of the company, and they they, they said, when someone stood up in, in, a, in a moment of Honesty said, you know, we, we it used to be squirrel videos, and now we have a college ethics debate every day over something on the on the service, and 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 they 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 say they're going to fix it by AI, and and, and Susan Wojcicki announced hiring ten thousand new content moderators. I think just recently I told her I thought they needed a million or two million to do that because of the amount of, of content going on there. So what do you, what do they need to do to fix the problems? Because they say so, they have community guidelines, but they're regulated they're pretty- unevenly. 
Yeah, their community guidelines are just so arbitrarily regulated and it's so Mm -hmm. all over the place. And I agree that they would probably need like a million more people if they wanted to truly try to moderate a lot of the platform. I mean, one thing that we've seen recently is all of these like sort of major stars um, have very public kind of blow ups in the media, like doing really problematic stuff. I, and this is, you know, I'm by no means a content moderation expert, but I do think that they should have some kind of system where things are being reviewed on a regular basis. If you reach a certain threshold on your channel. So the number it's, I would say it's a subscriber number where like, you know, yes, they should be moderating tons of stuff, but if somebody has an audience of millions, like 16 million, they should keep a closer eye. And they theoretically do, but they really don't moderate. Like They've given a lot of, even the biggest creators, a lot of free reign. And it only becomes a problem when, you know, things are getting negative attention in the media. So right. I don't know. I think that they need some sort of tiered system where, you know, if, if people are generating, you know, this huge audience, just because of the fact that their videos are going to be automatically viewed by, a, uh, you know, such a large amount of people that they they should have a little bit more scrutiny around they, that. They also have an issue, though. They don't want editorial control. They're, they're very loath to admit they, yeah. even though they use the word community guidelines, but that's really editorial control. Um, but they don't like to use editorial, the word. They hate it. They say, oh, we're not editors. We're a platform. We're a platform. You know, that whole speech. That all of them give, not just. Do you YouTube. see it as similar to f- the Facebook approach? Facebook, the more you yeah. say that it's a platform, and you you know, then you're not acknowledging you're a media company, right? Well, whatever. It's, it's a stupid game we play with them. They're a media company. They're all media. But it, but if you wanted to draw the parallel, uh, and this is not like in some huge defense of YouTube, but I'm genuinely curious. If you want to draw the parallel right now between TV as we knew it, you know, for years, and YouTube now, which is TV for a lot of young people growing up, that's mm-hmm. like all they watch. Um, you know. Cable was also not the media company either. It was distribution. It was regulated. Right? But, something it, but it, right, it was regulated. So and there's in this limited. Case, you it was limited like, in 24 hours a day on each channel. So if there were 500 channels, that's one thing. This is billions, right? I mean, Taylor, isn't it? Some, yeah, like, yeah. Know. I mean, it, it would be almost impossible to regulate it all or like adhere, like put standards around it. I do think, though, if you are in the Google Preferred Ad Network or if you do have some threshold of you know, millions of mm-hmm. followers that you should be held to tighter scrutiny. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, yeah, they say you're right. It's not a new company, but they, they just right now, it's just this really, they've alienated so many creators because they're just sort of randomly, you know, punishing people if they get in trouble with the press, but they're not really being proactive about changing um, the culture or changing what content performs well, which I, I guess what you're saying, it's true. You know, I know that they don't want to exert that much control, but I think they just need to take a little bit more of a proactive approach with some of the biggest people on their platform. And what about AI? I mean, I'm That's so skeptical of, I know, I heard her say that to you. I, you know, I honestly, so much of this stuff, it's not in my, I, and I don't know, I guess maybe AI is smarter than I think, but, you know, take the YouTuber that just got in trouble last week for throwing water in people's faces and sort of fake acid attacks in London. Um, you know, that in itself, throwing water in someone's face is, is not necessarily a problematic prank, but the fact that London has been sort of hit with this spate of actual acid attacks and sort of the nature in which he was doing it is what caused um, such outrage around it and caused YouTube to remove the video um, in the end. And I I don't know that an AI would have um, sort of that historical context and be able to, to sort of anticipate those types of nuances. I'm really mm-hmm. skeptical. I think it takes a human being. Well, they um, don't want to pay the money. That's what it is. They yeah. have to then pay the money like yeah. the rest of us do. The rest of the media has to have big costs in order to monitor things. And they've been, all of these, not just YouTube, have been getting away with very few people and letting anything goes, and then wondering why people behave badly. I, they have a presumption of that people don't behave badly when, in fact, every 
every single moment of human history says the right. minute you get some tool, you're going to fuck with Right, people. and these social sites are amplification of that in a lot of ways. Um, but it's a slippery slope from moderating to curating to editing to, oops, what's we're a media slope? company now. They, well, in the they sense take that, the money, the they take the, the advertising In the money. sense that the more that you do as a so-called platform, the more you start to encroach on territory of, like I said, it starts like with a little bit of moderation, and then all of a sudden you're into curation, and then all of a sudden you're into editing, and then you're making decisions, and all of a sudden you're a media company. Yeah, they are. That's right. That's right. Just go right there. I mean, they they are. I mean, they already sort of like curate and promote certain content. They like do. they have right. their, you know, their YouTube red shows too, where they directly work with some of these biggest creators on developing content. Like they they already are a media company. I think that they just need to recognize it and be more proactive about and communicate like, their values. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. These are their values. We do yeah. not promote this. This goes off. This comes off. And I don't think they're going to be perfect about like the haphazard nature. I don't. There's so much content here. They're going to. Um, they're going to make mistakes, but at least have a, a commitment to trying to keep those standards uh, properly vetted among the people that are on that service. Taylor, I'm curious where you see YouTube fitting into society like at, at large in terms of just the way people consume content right now. I mean, it has one and a half billion people on the site. YouTube says people are watching something like a billion hours of video a day. And as I mentioned earlier, there are some people who are growing up now who, where YouTube is the only thing that they watch. You know, they don't necessarily watch the TV news. That was something that, like, their grandparents did. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're watching other streaming services, some of its competitors. It, I mean, do you see this as this is the way that people growing up now are going to watch videos going forward, even if YouTube continues to play fast and loose with its with its content moderation? Like, and if so, what is that? What does that actually mean for video consumption? Yeah, I mean, I certainly do. Um, you know, I, it's hard to predict, like too far in the future, but certainly in the next several years, I don't see YouTube going away. And if anything, it just becomes more and more sort of prevalent. I think for, you know, I interview a lot of uh, kids and speak to a lot of fans of these creators and they're they're hyper dedicated to sort of following the content. That's where they go. That's where they go to watch stuff. Um, it's a better experience to watch stuff on um, YouTube, I think, than traditional TV. I mean, just in the sense that you can watch it whenever you want. You can subscribe to certain channels and they're pumping stuff 24-7 out that I guess is interesting, whereas, you know, it's not like waiting for a TV show. Um, so I think, and also obviously the fact that it's mobile um, and it's sort of short form, easy to digest. I think that, yeah, I mean, I don't see it going away at all. Um, I think the type of content on the platform will evolve. I mean, I think eventually YouTube will do something to sort of like shift the format again. Um, you know, they made a shift, I think it was in 2012 initially that was going instead of counting sort of um, optimizing for views, optimizing for watch time. And you saw these like longer videos emerge. And I think as they sort of like grow the platform, I think they'll probably, you know, encourage different types of, I guess, content like formats. And so maybe different types of videos will emerge, different types of creators. But I think that YouTube as a service is still compelling, especially for young people. Um, and yeah, it's just like I was saying before, I think that the people that they watch there, they just have a deeper relationship with than, um, than other people. I mean, even yeah. people that they watch mm-hmm. on Disney, they'll still follow on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, like there will be an era where pe- people growing up will be like, I don't remember a time when there wasn't personalized media. Yeah, that's true. Although, uh, just again, anecdotally, my kids watch a lot of, you know, Brick um, and Morty and uh, yeah. Family Guy, mm-hmm. and they watch it one after the other on demand. 
Oh, interesting. Still, yeah, they're binging. Television. But they're, yeah. They have certain things they find, and they, that's, that's their primary viewing, I'll say. They, don't, they watch shows or else do video games kind of thing. But yeah. they definitely use a lot. I think a lot of my, my kids use a lot of the YouTube videos that help you play video games, you know, those kind of things. The more <laughs> I was going to say, so many kids watch, like, Minecraft videos and yeah, That's my son videos. was just doing. Yep. <laughs> yes. Or his, my one son loves historical videos. I, yeah. I can't wait until some of these YouTube influencers that are, like, super popular now just... You know, get older. We all get older. Oh, get sad. older. Sixteen hundred you know, But if they're still going sad. at it, it's going to be amazing. They're oh. going to be like, uh, here's an episode about how I can't drink as much as I used to. <laughs> right. no. And then, like, the next day, it's no. going to be like, found another suspicious mole. Like, yeah, like I just, what's that movie with Jim Carrey, the uh, one where he, they followed him his whole life? Oh, the Truman oh, yeah. Show. Truman Truman Show. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, like, a, a lot movie. of them do age out. Like, they age out of their audiences far they before do. they ever stop vlogging. Even, mm-hmm. like, if you think of a few superstars from a few years ago, um, like, Nash Greer and Cameron Dallas were both, like, the hottest, most popular people. And now they're sort of passe and old. And I think right now, like, Jake and Logan Paul are, like, the hottest, most popular people. And in two years, they're going to be subsumed by yeah, something or else. before that. So, I yeah. think before that. Like, I know there was a bunch of kids over at the house and I, I mentioned Logan Call and they were like, Ugh, douche. Like they yeah. just were like, like, it was over. They had been watching them the six months before but then it was like, they go f- through them fast. It's sort of yeah. like, it's like a fast It's funny. Yeah, I was actually interviewing another, there's this like YouTuber called Rice Gum that's sort of like the foil to Jake and Logan and like mm-hmm. he's now getting basically popular because people think that they're lame. Like anytime they reach a certain scale, just a lame it's moment. lame. Nice. All right. Fun. You also wrote a great story before we get to if you answer this question before we get to uh, questions from readers and listeners. Uh, what it's like for the parents of social media stars, um, which I think would be a nightmare of a parental situation. So, uh, talk about the story really briefly. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, I, I was sort of really interested in how. Um, how the families are affected when kids become really popular on social media. Um, And it affects families, I think, a lot of different ways. A lot of parents, you know, fame will sort of come really quickly, like something that they have will go viral or, you know, kids will just sort of like develop this audience within six months or a year and um, sort of just talk to a lot of parents about how they navigate that. And some parents sort of go all in. They move to L.A. You know, they assume their kid is going to sort of... And then other parents, uh, you know, are are very much keep their kids out of that. Um, Rob Bridges, who's Jonas Bridges' father, who's a young uh, live streamer, you know, he's been so adamant about keeping his son in school and making sure that he has a contingency plan. And I think it depends on the parent themselves, you know, like not to keep bringing them up, but Jake and Logan Paul's like their parents have parents. The vlog dad, Greg Paul, and Pam Paul, or Pam Stepnick, who has her family, they both have tried to become social media influencers themselves. So, you know. It's like the Kardashians. (laughs) Worse. Wow, I like can't imagine when I was growing up. I was obsessed with basketball growing up. I can't imagine growing up my like my mom suddenly being like, "I'm gonna pick up a basketball career too." <laughs> I would be mom, mortified. We have to talk. Mom, <laughs> you should, get a, you should get a license to be a parent. I'm sorry. I just feel like you should pass a series of tests. Yeah, you know, I think it's kids. hard. Like I, you, you know, I think that it's just hard to keep your kids grounded in general. And if they suddenly have a lot of money or autonomy or you know, feel emboldened by their social following. It just can sort of be a challenge parenting them. But um, but uh, there's a lot of responsible parents who, you know, kids with who are YouTubers who do have responsible parents. Um, most of them don't live in L.A. Hmm. Yeah. Kara, could you let Louie and Alex, if they express interest in being 
YouTube influencers, would you would you encourage that? I, I would, I guess, probably. Not. I could picture what they would do. I think I Louis would do a cooking show, <laughs> and he'd be really good. He would be, and Alex would be like, I don't know, building bombs in the backyard, right? Exactly, <laughs> or Legos, bombs out of Legos. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't think they. I don't. I know. Probably, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like that. I would not. I would not encourage it. How's that? I wouldn't discourage it, but I wouldn't encourage. I wouldn't go. Yay, good job. <laughs> oh, interesting. Why is that? Because it's just kind of gross. Like, you know what I mean? They're just kind of like, ugh, I'd like to have them have more substantive lives than like, I've, I've watched a lot of these videos. They're idiotic. They're absolutely, they're idiotic. At any, any age you are, they're idiotic. But some of them are fun. No. What if Alex is building robots? Which is think, really yeah, I like, the, I like the instructional ones. The instructional no, ones are interesting. The mind, you know, uh, Taylor, you're talking about the Minecraft ones. They're yes. quite good. They're quite good. I, I think like if your kid had a, there's some kids that have like science channels. Yeah, or yeah, and, some of them are good. Those, those, are, are, those are great. Yeah, that's very different than like, you know, you're jumping off the roof of your house for the vlog or whatever. Yeah, and I don't like them watching them, I'll be honest with you. I don't like when they watch those stupid ones. I don't mind. I'll let them watch historical ones or even Minecraft ones for hours if they want to, if that's what they want to do instead of in their TV watching time. And But not the, like, like I, I just don't like that. <laughs> that's the whole category on YouTube. <laughs> Look at this. I just made slanty eyes at a Chinese person. Ha ha, funny. Like, what? Like, I, yeah. there was one I saw. I literally was looking down. My kid, I was like, turn that off now. <laughs> like, it was so, like, oh, right. they're racist. They're rude. They're like, and I get, like, oh, it's a joke, mom. And I'm like, mm, it's not a funny joke. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm like the angry old woman shaking her fist at the internet now. There's a lot of, like, YouTubers, though, that will, will like, critique the popular YouTubers that have pretty popular followings, too, though. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like there are some kids that are skeptical that have found their, like, skeptical influencers that are like, you know, those kids suck. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. They're providing reasonable thought and filters. I don't know. Many, yeah, of, them yeah, not quite, not, what, many yeah. of them are on to them for sure. Um, we're here with Taylor Lawrence from The Daily Beast talking about YouTube. And now we're going to take some questions from our readers and listeners. Lauren, would you like to read the first question? Yes, I would. This is from Gregor's Ignatowitz. I really hope I said that correctly. It doesn't matter. <laughs> how, many, how many years ago should I have started uploading videos? Yeah. Well, I guess if you missed the boat on being a YouTube influencer, I don't know what to what do you tell think, you. Taylor? Taylor, what do you think? Any I actually, time is a good time? I actually, it's funny. I actually, I don't think you had to start as long ago as you think. Like, I mean, I just interviewed this this one girl, Elle Mills, who started like less than a year ago. She's already reached a million followers. Like, it's pretty easy to scale quickly, especially if you get big on Instagram or something first. Um, you can blow up really quickly on YouTube. So it's it's not. What does she do? Never, what does she do? Never really too late. Actually, she's a female pranker um oh, and so i know but she actually she does pretty creative ones and she's sort of trying to change this like male dominated prank culture all right um, it's, it's like candid camera if you know that's i'm just yeah myself it's the same yeah. thing <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but you know but she, for fun. yeah I, I would i would just say you know don't don't think that uh to become a popular vlogger you would have had to start like nine years ago because you'd be you'd be passe by now there's also no age correct presumably yeah you can, yeah. yeah, you can get You're just not writing about the oldsters who are doing great things. And I try, but they're usually not as popular as like the 15-year-old, yeah. you know. Yeah, thing. it was at YouTube and they were like, Carrie, you need to start your channel. I'm like, mm-mm, no. <laughs> I don't want to have me every day going, hi. <laughs> hey, guys. I would watch your channel. <laughs> would you? Yeah. Today? <laughs> Today in Kara Switzerland. <laughs> I just Fuck want to you. see you carrying around the vlog, the vlog cam. Everyone, vlog cam. Hey, hey, everyone, hey! I'm gonna prank <laughs> Lauren today. There's a whoopee cushion on her seat. It's crazy. <laughs> you should bring back the flip camera. 
I did. That. I was an original blogger. I just wanted yeah, to you used to stick that thing in people's, people's faces. Face. I did. That was genius. Get answers. Yes, that was, a, that was early genius by Karen Swisher. Anyway, Julian Sibby, are there any other ways for video creators to make money besides YouTube and Patreon? Yes, that's a good question. Big time. Most, yes. Most of, um, I mean, Explain a Patreon lot of special- first. Explain sure. Patreon. So Patreon is a um, sort of a little uh, way that you can subscribe to monthly payments to your favorite creators or really anyone. Um, so basically you uh, you would sort Tip of job. donate maybe $5 a month or something to support someone's art or creation. Um, it's popular with a lot of podcasters too and uh, other sort of Patreon. creative artists. Um, I, I don't think Patreon is honestly like a way that most YouTubers support themselves. Like the biggest revenue stream for most uh, top creators outside of ad revenue is merch, um, which is merch. why you should put, yeah, merch is like the way that you make your millions. Um, mm-hmm. So basically you, yeah, you sell, you sell merch. You saw 40 of the biggest YouTubers um, just in the past year launch. You sort of like custom merch lines. And the whole thing is to constantly be launching new merch. So it's like flash sales 24 seven based off like, you know, say, say um, like a YouTuber is in a relationship with another YouTuber, they'll sell ship merch with like their ship name, relationship name on it. Um, oh no, like so, what? Yeah, so if it's like Kara and Lauren, um, your ship name would be like hashtag Corin, and then you'd sell sweatshirts with that on it oh. immediately. Oh, oh. Corin, I like that. <laughs> Corin? Yeah, because it, it uses primarily my name, so. <laughs> Lara. Well, there are people yeah, really Lara. named Lara. I know, it's true. Lara. Did you see the Lara Croft movies coming? Let me just say. No. I'm so excited. A new one. It's Alyssa Vikander, whatever her name is. It's real. I'm very excited. Anyway, I was just telling Lauren <laughs> right, Taylor that, well, that we just, I just bought merch. my Black Panther tickets. We need hashtag to embarrass. What? We need hashtag to embarrass merch. Who wants to embarrass merch? Why not? What? We'll have to think about it. But you I know do. what? If you guys want to embarrass merch, leave it in the comments, no, please, or email really us. Don't. We'd have to make something really good. We have to do something really good. You know, I have hats when I was thinking of running for mayor. They say, make San Francisco gay again. What do you think about that? That's a pretty good one. It's a red hat. I wore one the other day. Someone was like, are you a Trump supporter? I'm like, read it, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that person's yeah, vote. But. Anyway, uh, I used to have bumper stickers for my aunt was is a born in Christian, so I just made it for her, and then I made more of them, which is, uh, when the rapture comes, can I have your stuff? That was a good one. <laughs> These are good. You've already come up with I like am. five I'm viral merch ideas here. I, I know. I'm a mercher. I'm a mercher. <laughs> anyway, uh, go the, do the next one. All right. The next question is from so, How much money do they make yeah. on YouTube? Just answer that very While we're briefly. talking about merch and our merch Millions. Strategy. I mean, people Millions. estimate that Jake Paul made $65 million last year total. Oh, God. Um, from merch sales. Yeah, a lot of top YouTubers make like between 5 and $7 million $65 million, month, that um, asshole? Oh, 5 and $10 God. million dollars a month? Wow. But that's, yeah. like, that's like the top echelon of influencers. That's like the top of the top. Um, but I think even a, a mid-level person, I think the, somebody yeah, was telling me recently, like for every million views is like 1200 to $1,500 or something. And mm. some of these people are getting like 20 million views on a video or whatever. So. Oh, wow. Like, let's can, get to it. Let's, let's reinvigorate. Yeah, Kara, we can fake drama. Fake drama. We can have real drama. Ah. <laughs> All right. Next question, Next Lauren. question is from Joseph Boulevant. Hi, guys. Just wondering, how do relationships between YouTubers and their agents differ Ooh. from standard PR practices? Like, how much does preserving a quote-unquote personal brand play a role? Do YouTubers themselves usually approach an agent, or is it the other way around? Well, there are a million thirsty agents who would love to get their hands on a lot of popular YouTubers. Um, Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, I mean, as soon as kids will hit 
you know, 10,000 subscribers, 15,000 subscribers on YouTube, you'll have talent scouts reaching out to them, um, you know, managers reaching out to them. And actually wrote about that in the piece that I um, spoke to the parents about. It can be really difficult for kids to kind of assess who is legit and who's not. Um, but the biggest YouTubers all, I mean, absolutely, they're repped by uh, William Morris, creative artists agency, like top, um, there's digital talent managers and agents at, at all of those places. So um, it's sort of similar to Hollywood where you'll have a, you'll have a traditional um, manager or agent. Uh, unlike, you know, traditional Hollywood, they don't get, um, like your manager doesn't always get a say over the type of content that you post on the channel. They don't review um I guess all of the editorial output that you put in a day. So it can be, it can be more challenging um, to manage digital creators, but mm -hmm. they're still sort of like pumped into the same Hollywood system. There are a lot more also, I would say, especially in the past years, um, companies that have popped up that are supposed to be specifically tailored to working with like digital creators um, because, you know, they feel like a lot of like mid-level creators like needs aren't being met. Um, and the, basically those people will work with the creators, get them business opportunities, brand deals, things like that, um, strategize with them on growing their channel. Um, and it's a lot of actually ex-YouTube um, stars that are starting these types of agencies. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. And they had, they had a bunch where they went on tour. There's a whole bunch of things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, didn't all well, work. From an agent perspective, yeah. though, that's really interesting because you're, if, like, let's say you wrap a movie star and then you know exactly what they're shooting at what time. Yeah. And then, you know, a year later, you're taking them through the junket and you're mm -hmm. like, you're going to sit there and talk to these outlets and you're going to yeah. walk this carpet and that's, yeah. and we're going to do all this, right? That's a manager. And a, and a YouTube creator is like, I'm going to vlog with for the hell I yeah. want every day. It'd be hard. It'd be hard. There's still a cadence to the year. Like a, vi mm -hmm. a lot of it's built around VidCon and it's like yep. sort of like a lot of them will sort of build toward VidCon or build around specific opportunities that they have. Like there's, you know, their YouTube red shows will all launch around the same time. So there's still right. like sort of a, a broader structure to it, but it's, Red, yeah, red it's is more. interesting. Still no hit from them, but we'll see. All right. Yeah. Um, a, a traditional hit, the way like Transparent or some others. Have, yeah, yeah. All right. it's not very yeah. good. Or, no. <laughs> they have some good ones. I have a friend working on one that sounds pretty good, actually. So oh. A decent writer who's working on what sounds like a good show, but we'll see. Um, Liz Nasty Weeks, one of our, our longtime fans. If then talked about YouTube stars vis-a-vis vlogging and my takeaway was that this is for tweens and just a way to sell merch. Am I wrong? Is being a YouTube star just about vlogging or is there more to it? I feel plugged in on most tech platforms, but this mystifies me. <laughs> is there more to YouTube than selling mer merch? Merch <laughs> and vlogging. Vlogging and selling stuff. Honestly, merch and vlogging are so intertwined right. at this point. You got it, Liz. Uh, <laughs> no mystery. Yeah. Mystery solved. Mystery solved. Yeah. 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 Oh, and but also stupid like, pranks. Well, but it does seem like some of the vloggers are very good at speaking to an audience in a way that feels like they're really talking to people too. and being authentic that you don't yeah. necessarily get There's from more slickly produced yeah. type of media. But, but you get that content on Instagram too. Like yeah. you mm -hmm. get like a lot of the Instagram influencers talk in the That's same way. Point. It's like the same kind of thing. I think that format and that type of voice to your audience just resonates with people. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God, it's Mossberg. Mossberg had go two ahead. tweets. Oh my God. Um, he actually followed up with one too. Oh Where did God. that one go? Mossberg's on free yeah. time. Maybe Mossberg should have a channel. Maybe he needs to pivot. He can be like the oldest YouTube influencer. He'd be good. I could see Mossberg. Ah, hello. I'm in the cigar store today. Mossberg, Mossberg. Used, to, used to just talk to the people on his Mac. He did. You know, about his review for 10 minutes. And those, for a very they long were time, were the most popular videos yeah. on WSJ.com. Yes, they were. It was All a right. true story. Questions from he the was original vlogger. vlogger, Mossberg. <laughs> uh, Mossberg says, are YouTube stars, like some Twitter influencers, 
making use of the purchase of fake mm-hmm. followers. Mm-hmm. And even if it's hard to buy fake followers on YouTube, are YouTube influencers buying them on Twitter? Oh. Which I would assume, yes, the yes. latter. But yes. yeah, can you buy fake followers on YouTube? <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, you can get like bots and stuff to watch your videos and get views up. Um, uh, the it's funny the Twitter thing they're so shameless about scaling their audience and yes tons of them do just buy like fake followers at least on Twitter and Instagram is like a big one um, but one thing that they do that's really scammy too is like they subscribe to like the Tay Diggs philosophy of like following everyone back or they'll follow they'll be like for 10 minutes tweet me and I'll follow like all the fans that tweet my new video out in the next 10 minutes or whatever so they do a lot of like scammy stuff like that that's not mm. buying followers but it's like Scammy. I don't know. It's just kind hmm. of spammy. Yeah, yeah. but they yeah. do buy. I mean, they do. I I don't know how. Like, I don't. I don't think the biggest ones would ever like really significantly like buy views. It'd be so obvious. But um, but definitely for branded content and stuff, it's usually given like a little bit of a boost. I think by promotion. Promotion. There's always there's a big thing to be first in YouTube comments. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. It happens on every single one of my videos. You scroll down to the bottom. Yeah, there's always people are like, first. first. No, I was first. No, I was first. Yeah. I'm first. It's an honor. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. The minutes of our life just tick on by doing things like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next one. Uh, looking at the Logan Paul incident and the brothers' whole behavior and influence on young people, is there anything YouTube doing to prevent bad role models from having a huge influence on future generations? How do they stop the next Logan Paul ports too late? Oh, my God, that's a question from the beginning of time. Elvis Presley and the hips. Come, it's always that, like, right? Like, yeah, I don't think, like, I mean, like we said before, I think there's things they can do to moderate, like, truly problematic content. But, like, kids are never going to idolize, like, some boring, straight-A person that never. isn't, yeah. Hello. So, come on. Sorry, <laughs> let's, let's bar teenagerness. Let's bar teenagers, right? No one wants to watch YouTube videos of people doing homework. No <laughs> Hi. I'm doing my Spanish homework. for the answers. Conjugating the following verbs. <laughs> Latin. Uh, or oh my God. You're kind of getting Latin. I right took now. Latin right. for two years. In All right. School. You and obviously didn't go to the prom. <laughs> <laughs> you took Latin. All right. Last question, which Less is a very quick. good one from yes. someone I know very well. Go ahead. You, okay. Oh. I'll read it. All right. This is from Erica Joy. Erica Joy uh, did say, fair warning, uh, Taylor, you blocked her. Blocked her. Wait, what? You Wait, blocked Erica said. Joy. I can't. That's yeah. what she said. Guys, first of all, I have like a very like non-block policy and I love Erica Joy. She's like on my list of people. She's like on my tech list. I know. You blocked me for the, asking this question. I think she was in the middle of a troll storm and thought I was yet another she, troll. Yeah. She says, I think that you, Taylor, were in the middle of a troll storm. And, yes, exactly. She thinks that you thought she was accidentally a troll. I was in the middle of, of men, men, men because if you deal with YouTubers, you get so many. Yes. Things and I have like mass blocked, but you need to de block um, her. Erica, I follow you. You're on my, she's like still on my list in tweet deck of like people that I follow. Like, oh, I, okay. I, Erica, well, you are not she, blocked. This she, is fake news. Anyway. She says, I'm glad, you know what? We're all about making peace on Too yeah, Embarrassed Ask, so and I'm glad to bring you two together. I wish yes, we had Erica Erica's call in right best. now. But she says she's really interested in the answer to this original question that she'd asked. Um, and I, I think I know this, what this is related to. So news outlets have demonstrated that they can and will write stories about user-generated content, right she now. says, all the while monetizing that content. What value does a YouTuber with an audience get out of doing uh. interviews with news outlets if the news outlets will use their content anyway? So I think we have to back up the bus a little bit here because this was related to a tweet that you sent out a while ago about how a you, you explain it. I was supposed to write about this and then I still haven't written about this because I've been so busy and I honestly, people ask me so much and I need to just like write a thing on it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so do you want me to explain it? Or yes, yes, that'd be great. 
I sent out a tweet, um, I don't know, like a month ago. And it was like, I, I was, and I said, like, I'm always amazed at how many YouTubers ask for money when I reach out to them for a comment or for interviews. And that was that. I was just like, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing because um, it happens a lot. It happens a lot of frequently. And I just want to, and I'll, I'll get into sort of the details of why I think that is in a minute. Mm-hmm. But um, so many people were, went insane. It got retweeted by a lot of um, troll type of people, a lot of right-wing anti-media people um, like Mike Cernovich and uh, sort of his crew. Um, and they were like, well, you know, YouTubers don't need you and you're the mainstream media, so they don't care and blah, 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 blah. And here's here's the thing. I've never lost an interview or not gotten an interview with a YouTuber because we've not paid them. Like, honestly, it usually comes from a place of ignorance. Like, it's, it's, it's always with smaller YouTubers. It's never with, like, YouTubers that have a legitimate agent, but it's usually, like, a smaller YouTuber that you're reaching out to directly. They don't understand how media works, and they're usually, like, they're, in their mind, it's, like, content. I'm providing you content. Like, I should get paid. You just explain to them, like, the value, why, you know, why you wouldn't be paid for some type of thing. And they'll usually almost always speak to you unless you're asking for comment on something that they truly don't want to comment on. Um, so, and, and I felt like that got lost because people were like, ha YouTubers don't talk. You know, I'm like, no, they all, they all still want, they're so hungry for attention. Like they're so hungry for attention. They'll almost, they'll almost always talk to you. The only time they won't um, usually give you a quote is if they can like monetize sort of like the, their response. So, you know, sometimes you'll reach out to a YouTuber about something that happened on YouTube or something they did and they actually do want to make a statement about it, but they know that if they can put up like a five minute vlog um, and monetize that on their channel where they share their response, like that's much better than sort of like giving a quote to the Daily Beast. So yeah, it's like in the, that sense, like they, the Donald Trump plan, right? Exactly. Well yeah. So in that sense, they, they don't need media. But I would say, and which I do say, and which most YouTubers definitely like understand is there's a huge value to doing mainstream press, especially like around certain sort of product launches or things or whatever. Um, and and most YouTubers are, are sort of like desperate for attention. So they'll usually, I mean, they, they want to grow their audience and they want to reach new, um, you know, new people. And yeah, they usually exactly. know that, yeah. They're I not love gonna, when they I mean, do that. I love when anyone does. I don't have to talk to you. I'm like, fine, fuck you. Like, I go yeah. ahead. But what, blah, is that, blah, and blah. what does that say about the, I guess, the lack of, maybe it's a lack of understanding around the, the delineation between traditional media and YouTube, right? Like this idea. Well, and I, so, but let's say, let's say you, you are a young YouTuber and you grew up with YouTube and you make YouTube videos, you make content and you get paid for it. And that's the mode you're in. Then like, if you don't actually understand that at some point there, there's a difference between what you're doing and the yeah, free press that is know. doing journalism well, and writing I just stories. I think they get it. I think they, they get it. Yeah, I think a lot of them get it. And I, I mean, honestly, the ones that don't are like in another world. Um, they get it. They're they're still going to ask. Like, I don't fault them for asking whatever. They can ask for money. They want money for everything or whatever. Uh, They'll talk to Taylor. I mean, they won't talk if like, for instance, like I have a lot of friends that cover gaming and like, you know, uh, you know, I know that there are certain reporters at Polygon that certain YouTubers really don't like because they feel like they weren't covered barely or whatever, whatever. But if you're like writing a thing, I mean, it's sort of like the same thing with the, I wrote about Scott Rogowski at one point um, where I'm like just looking to talk to 
this guy about like, you know, hosting HQ, super benign, like, you know, whatever. And the the um, founder ended up like freaking out over it. And most of the time a hit piece isn't being planned, especially if it's like, you know, most of the time. That was ridiculous. Like, that was, he's an idiot. The founder's an idiot. Hello, HQ founder, you're an idiot. Like I saw that whole thing. <laughs> Like for yeah, FFS, anyway, as I like to say. But yeah, yeah. anyway, YouTubers are, they're generally, it's, it's it, yeah, it's whatever. It is they what it is. Love but attention. They attention. I'm they, guessing they, they love attention. want attention. Whatever, anyway. Like, yeah, to answer Erica's question, though, you still see that they could get value out of doing interviews with news outlets, even if they're, you know, even if we're still sort of aggregating some of their content in some way anyway. Oh, and enormous. I mean, the biggest thing, the biggest way that they get value is that, first of all, I mean, it's getting them in front of a mainstream audience. These are people that are desperate for mainstream approval. Like a mm-hmm. lot of them don't even like to be called YouTubers, even though they make their living on YouTube or they want to be called an aspiring actor or whatever. So, you know, they know that studio executives read the mainstream press. Um, you know, they know that brand managers yeah. read the mainstream press. They're yeah. still evaluating themselves on that. So Nobody yeah, I, puts I actually, Taylor Lawrence in the corner. Uh, I was so mad about that tweet, though, because like, all these <laughs> trolls were responding to me, and they were like, everyone who's quoted in a news story should get paid because they're helping make content. And I, oh. I was just like, anyway, I was on a block. I did go on a, a block did spree. Um, block Erica, spree. I'm sorry that you got caught up in that. I, uh, I, like, will, I, just, I just texted her and said you are going to make amends. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't mean to hammer this home again, but so you're saying the people who respond in that way, like they're making content, therefore they should get paid. Yeah. Do you think they do understand the difference between press and making other content? Um, because it sounds I think like it's maybe- confusing. I mean, look, it's confusing. I, you know, I, I, I remember when I was at People Magazine, like, you know, often magazines like especially tabloid magazines will buy exclusive photos from yeah. these YouTubers or you know there there is like payment involved for certain appearances at certain things so I think some of them honestly the line can be confusing and when someone reaches out to them they aren't always 100% sure but a lot of them I think just ask for money because they want money and they do they, they do we get that sometimes every now and then at code or one of our events someone's like yeah and then you're you just like no. pay me I'm like how about nothing does nothing work for you because like do you know how much I make like you think we have extra money that's not even what I say I, I'm like five no, million dollars <laughs> I always just like I just don't I'm like where do you think news organizations get money that they can pay people for every single quote. That's a really nice way of saying it. Here, let me give you another line. That's where we get it all. Yeah, it's merch. Here's what you say, Taylor. (laughs) Fuck you. You say fuck Anyway, so yeah. Try that. That's my thoughts on that. I I do think it's an interesting thing. And, you know, there are a lot of um, YouTubers. I've written a lot about Keemstar, who kind of runs like the TMZ of YouTube. It's called Drama Mm -hmm. Alert. And he always gets like the exclusive interviews with everyone because he is a YouTuber. So people will like, oh, so he's kind of a bully. But people will talk to him because he's like of that world. And other, like Philip DeFranco is another one that is sort of like a YouTube commentator. People will. Oh, God, really? There's commentators on the commentary? He's like pivoting himself and he's trying to be a commentator. Taylor, really I'm so glad someone's going down this sad and scary uh, road for us. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, I, but yeah. What's your favorite YouTube thing? We're going to finish our last question. I The thing is, like, what I honestly subscribe to is, like, how-to videos and, like, tutorials from brands. It's it's very lame. That's my like favorite. What? Like, I was really into the slime thing for a while. What? Too. Um, slime? Like, you know how there's yeah. the slime trend on YouTube and Instagram? No, People <laughs> making slime. It's it's a thing. It's really cool. My niece made slime after watching Just it. like the Tide Pods. <laughs> oh, my God. My son had a million no, I think of those. It's, I, think, I don't think phone. people are eating the slime. I think they're just making no, it. No, no one eats the slime. It's very, it's like an ASMR type thing. You it's very relaxing. It's like you slime. watch people like make different slime. It's just this like relaxing thing. 
I used to like watching people cut up vegetables. Yeah. Okay. All right. I get it. I get it. I'm getting it. I still like, I still like Joey Graceffa. He's like a sort of an older school YouTuber, but he like, Mm -hmm. he was of the Tyler Oakley, but like, he just lives this like beautiful life in LA with his boyfriend and dogs. And like, I watch his vlogs and it's so relaxing. Oh, all right. Okay. There you go. There you go. I like that. What do you watch? I don't watch anything. (laughs) I watch The Alienist. I watch that. I watch regular TV. I'm an old lady. I watched The Alienist was quite good. You watch How to Get on Away YouTube, with Murder? On YouTube, on videos, I watch little news clips and stuff, and I watch S- I clip. I, I'm a clip person when I'm on YouTube. I'm watching news clips or SNL videos or, Jim, you know, like, um, what's his name? The one on HBO. Stephen, Colbert and the other, all of them, mm-hmm. John, whatever his name is. Anyway, I watch those, um, but nothing else much, really. Um, I lose interest really quickly. Anyway, Taylor, we are glad you're doing this. This is God's work of a sort. Um, and we <laughs> appreciate it very much. And you're doing great work. Taylor is a writer for The Daily Beast. She's doing really some great articles uh, on this topic and a lot of other social media stuff. Um, this has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Taylor, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Taylor. It's been great. And Taylor, tell people where they can find you online. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Taylor Lorenz, T-A-Y-L-O-R. L-O-R-E-N-Z. Yeah, I just blocked you. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> no. Kara's a troll. Don't worry about it. If you all enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show and you can leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. When you subscribe, you'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. If you're not an Apple podcast, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can listen to every episode at recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other shows, Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. The Verge also has a great podcast called The Vergecast, hosted by Nilay Patel. Ashley Carmen and Caitlin Tiffany host Why'd You Push That Button? And we have more Verge podcasts coming soon. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to Too Embarrassed at Recode.net. Thanks for listening and thank you to our sponsors. Thanks to Cadence 13 and Vox Media, which sells all those ads so you can listen to the show for free. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and of course, our producer, Eric Johnson. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask, so tune in then. 